There are three superpowers in real estate, I believe, that you have, one of the three, whether you have any real estate experience or not, that add value to a visionary, add value to an operator. There's three. So the first one is you're an analyzer. Now, look, if you're in the disc profile world, I love disc. This is like a C, you know, somebody who's, or a blue, somebody who really like digs in, like all day you can be in the data, not only uh, doing underwriting, but even like optimizing the spreadsheet within which you do that underwriting with formulas and, and autofills. Like you just geek out on that stuff. If you're not an analyzer, perhaps you're an integrator. An integrator is somebody who, uh, let's on the on the disc profile, like a red or a D, typically, right? Somebody who's really driven. I look at this person as like that general on the field that can see all the next six or seven moves that his soldiers need to make. And the third, and this is me, is a connector. So the connector again, disc would be like a yellow or a green, an I or an S, probably very people centric. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, It's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. Today, I have a fantastic guest. I've known Jamie Gruber for about four years now. We talk about his path to leaving his W-2 high-income earning executive position to being a full-time real estate investor, but not only that, a full-time course creator. Uh, mastermind host, podcast host, doing all of these things that are really and truly his purpose in life that is filling him up with energy, his excitement, some of the details of the story that we dive into, and his process of that taking several years, leaving a job that he hated until he got and created enough income and value to leave his W-2. So, Jump right in to this episode with my friend, Jamie Gruber. Jamie Gruber. I've been excited about this uh, podcast episode, partly because I'm a big Jamie fan. Like I I am a big Jamie cheerleader fan. Uh, I feel that you know, we've got a chance to spend a couple different times, you know, several times that we've got a, a chance to spend time together. And I always take a lot of insight from that. Uh, also, just when when I 
we hang out, I feel energized. And I often share with my wife, I was like, oh, Jamie and I were talking about this or we're talking about that. And then even it was last week, yeah. we we're in San Francisco yeah. and uh, you, you sat down next to my wife and we we're kind of discussing a little bit there and how similarities, like we're the same age, our wives are the same age, you know, like all of these, these things, more similarities on top of each other. So, you know, for the guest and, and the audience and the slim, slim amount of people that don't know who Jamie Gruber is, I would like to, you know, uh, start out is like, give us the 10 cent version of your intro, and then I'll dive into some questions to start peeling out some of those additional layers. First, I must say this, you getting insight from me when we meet is laughable. I appreciate that. But I, I can sit and listen for hours to what you go into, whether it's real estate markets, personal development, branding, the book you wrote, all that stuff. So the feeling is very much mutual. 10 cent version of me. Uh, let's see. I am a uh, New Yorker via Boston living in Michigan. Uh, my, my, the bulk of my career, my adult life was spent as an insurance uh, claims uh, adjuster, manager, and then executive um, with a large insurance company. I found my path to wanting freedom. I didn't know exactly how or where, uh, I don't know, five years ago or so after the move to Michigan. And from that point forward, I've invested in real estate. I've looked at um, other opportunities where I can grow. I've built a couple of businesses and um, I left my day job, you know, making a few hundred grand a year, equity, the whole nine uh, in tw early 2021. So a little over a year, year and a half or so now. And, you know, my family has opened up the lifestyle design that I intended, which is traveling multiple months a year, you know, being having location freedom, putting our kids through a, a non-traditional education source, and, you know, just trying to figure out what it is to be an entrepreneur. I'm still learning that process and I'm enjoying every second of it. So you, you mentioned uh, a life by design. Yeah. So how, how did that come about? Like, what, what, what was it that you uh, started you on that path? I don't know the exact, like, thing that created lifestyle design. I, well, let me take that back. What started me down the path of making a transformation in my life, and maybe it's kind of, you know, the event happens to all of us in that like late 30s, early 40s mark at some point. I don't know. But that move I made from Boston to Michigan with my company after having grinded for years to become an executive, it was everything I thought I deserved, wanted to be. And it was this destination that I felt was the thing that would just like serve the rest of my life. Like once I'm there, everything else becomes easy because of the equity and everything else that came with it. The moment I got it and I moved to Michigan, within a month, the first 30 days of, you know, glad handing is all worn off. I, it was just like this hollowness in me. I didn't know why. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is what I wanted, but I, I don't feel complete. I don't feel like I got what I wanted. I feel like it's that moment of be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. So I got that, right? And I remember thinking, even in that moment, man, to be free financially, and even a little before that, I had started looking at real estate. I think I bought a couple of duplexes like right before. That was my first foray into real estate. So I started to think in that way. But like financial freedom felt big and it felt broad. Like I, I, I couldn't get my hands around it. But why I wanted financial freedom and what I wanted for my life felt much more tangible and something that I would I would be drawn towards. So it's where the idea of lifestyle design or, or life by design came in. So for me, I stopped defining number of doors and units that would get me to you know X number of uh, dollars in passive income. 
And I started looking more at, well, what do I want my life to be? And what I want, I remember, I remember explaining this to a coworker at an airport. I'm like, dude, I want to be able to travel three months a year with my family. And I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world that I want to. And I remember immediately being poo-pooed. Dude, you, you got this job. You can't, we have a policy. You can't even log in internationally. You want to be anywhere in the world. You can't even, you're not allowed. You'll be fired if you log into your computer because there's no security. One, two, you've got kids. Your kids are about to go into school. Like how the hell are you going to navigate that with kids in school? Right? So I had it in my head. Again, I was around, around people that were probably not thinking anywhere near where I was thinking as far as what was possible. And I really started to prioritize lifestyle freedom and built whatever behind that. So yes, passive income, but yes, businesses, because I knew I would do something. I'm not going to sit on a beach somewhere. So what would I enjoy doing with my time working? Like this is work technically for me. And I freaking love it, right? Getting on a podcast, talking to you, using this, marketing myself, all that. It's all work. But to be able to use this uh, or to be able to do this with my time and enjoy it and, you know, in some ways monetize it is way more enjoyable. So lifestyle freedom is more tangible and more exciting for me than financial freedom, I think is the best way to put it. I think there's a lot of people that are on, you know, a similar journey, you know, uh, the call it the W2 doing the right things, going to the right school, getting the right promotions, you know, and they realize they're on just a bigger hamster wheel. And it sounds like, you know, you, uh, you got the executive role, you got the equity, you got it. Yeah, I did it. I did what I was supposed to do. And then it wasn't what it was kind of cracked up to be. So I, I at least I, I get a lot of people reaching out to me, high income earners. And let's be honest, maybe it's, it's FOMO. Like they kind of have like this, I want to be doing all of this, or I see other people doing these things and that's not my life. So maybe talk me through as far as your, you know, uh, you know, W2 exit. And maybe like, what was your, your, your day in your life and view as far as your path? Because I, and the reason I asked that is because I think it's valuable for people that are maybe looking to do that into the future or creating kind of those mechanisms. You said the first 30 days or after the first 30 days of kissing the babies and, and shaking the hands, it, it felt a little empty and, and hollow, but was that instantaneous? What was that lifestyle by design? Did that take time? Was that a process? Like, you know, so maybe talk through like what led you to these different steps. And then if there were milestones and then to where in 2021, you were able to exit your W2. Real estate was the first thought I had. So yes, it was It was very quick and it felt like a cliff. 30 days, 45 days in or whatever, it felt like a cliff. It felt like, you know, uh, I, I went from, okay, I got this, probably feeling this sense of, it's almost like at your wedding, right? Like if, you're, if you know it's not the right person to marry, you might be thinking it's it's a uh, uh, cold feet or or you know whatever initially, but then later on you're like, oh no no no, I knew the whole time. Same thing. I probably had this feeling over thirty or forty five days that just I thought was nerves or I'm new here to this to this organization, you know that you know. But yeah, like thirty forty five days in, the veneer wore off. My boss and I got into instant conflict, and it just it just it fell off a cliff. So yeah, it was it was pretty instantaneous. Real estate felt tangible to me, which is why I had started looking at it even before making this move, right? I was looking at, I bought a couple of duplexes right before we moved. Like we happened to close like a week before we moved from Boston to Michigan, back there, back in upstate New York, like three hours from Boston, we buy these properties. And then I moved to Michigan. 
And, you know, real estate felt like the thing that I was going to be all about. Like, this is it. Real estate is my thing. And I had chosen my path. And I remember, and this is for a lot of people that are that are out there, I think, thinking about, I've got my job. I like this real estate thing, but there's some things I don't really love about it, but I've committed because if I, if I deviate or go in a different direction or whatever, everyone's going to judge me for being all over the place. And I can't stand that. That might not be exactly how you're thinking, but that's how we think, right? So I chose real estate because that's what you're supposed to do. I was 20 years in a company and now this is my new thing. That's, that's acceptable societally, right? For me to change one thing to the next thing. But within real estate, I realized like, I mean, I kind of like the, I kind of like the talk around real. I like the interaction around real estate. I like the contact around real estate. I don't love turning units. I don't love dealing with contractors. I don't love hiring and firing a sub. None of that was appealing to me, but I really like the interaction. So for me, I was looking to upgrade to multifamily. I went to a couple of real estate meetups locally. Nobody was in multifamily. So I thought, well, let me start a multifamily group. Again, within real estate, but unbeknownst to me, it became a pivot. So I start this multifamily networking group, like a RIA. And a bunch of people came for multifamily, a lot of interest. No other multifamily meetups in my area. And there was a lot of interest. This is like 2018. And from that, I realized I kind of like this out in front presentation thing. And we created a Facebook group and I would start to do like Facebook lives and I was creating content and I was putting stuff out there. And all of a sudden it was kind of fun to have a brand. So branding became my thing. And I got sick of talking about real estate. So I pivot over to more mindset related stuff, which leads to a business called Emergent Ascent, which we'll talk about a little bit later, right? The course and community and all of that stuff. So now I've I've gone from, if you, if you follow it, oh, you're investing in real estate. That makes sense to me. $100 a door, 10, 100 units uh, purchase, 10,000 a month, like that whole bigger pockets formula that we all go through to, okay, yeah, I'm a real estate investor, but really I identify more by this brand that I'm building around real estate. And oh, by the way, I don't want to be pigeonholed by real estate as a brand. I actually enjoy you know, larger concepts than just real estate. So I'm over here now. I'm more of like a like a mind mindset, you know, almost like a coach in some ways. I was going down that path. But that that pivot after pivot after pivot happened just by allowing myself to look at okay, real estate. I made a step away from my job, right? I made a step. What do I love about it? Well, here's what I like. What don't I like? I don't like these things. Okay, cool. Well, what if I did only the stuff I like within real estate for the most part, which is you know, interacting, networking, brand building, all of that stuff in real estate, right? Helping people learn about it. Because I understand real estate fundamentally very, very well, right? So how can I help others with that? Cool. And then that became, well, you know what? Uh, the mindset piece is actually more appealing to me. So I can build a course in a community and sell that to people because I think it's valuable for them to come and be in my world around, you know, how they get out of a job or how they elevate their lives. And then eventually, thanks to community, I met uh, an operator that I partnered with. And you know what my role is as a general partner with that operator is marketing, investor relations, and capital raising. All the things I like about real estate. I'm not on the operation side of things. I'm not on the acquisition side of things. I get to enjoy the, the stuff I love in real estate while being true to what I'm great at. So to answer your question of like the day-to-day, job was all day, wife, kids at home, just like a lot of people. And then, yeah, at night, I was creating content, putting stuff out there, interacting with people on different social media accounts, messaging, uh, doing Facebook lives, putting meetups together, all of that, building this sort of brand that pivoted and pivoted and pivoted and pivoted to today where I am is a course creator and mastermind leader. Uh, I have my own personal brand and there's some, some things I do with that. And I have, uh, I have a podcast and then I have the, the, uh, my relationship with Quantum Capital, my, my general partnership with Quantum Capital, where I don't buy my own stuff anymore. Everything I do, I buy with them. I'm a general partner with them. So, and I invest lim- as a limited partner as well. 
So yeah, I, I hope I don't I hope that's not too broad. But the point the point I think that that uh, people get stuck on when it comes to I love this real estate thing. I'm going to leave my job. Is they commit to real estate or whatever it is, real estate or you know I built an Etsy store or whatever, and like that's the only thing you can do. Versus understanding that there are multiple pivots to make as you go from you know institutionally employed conditionally employed like you just everything i do has to be because somebody else pays me to now i'm an entrepreneur or now i'm doing something outside of the 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 confines of a w2 job you're going to move a lot you're going to pivot a lot you're going to do things differently potentially or maybe you do maybe you find real estate and you're all in on it that's fine but it's okay to pivot and for me i had a lot of pivots along the way and i'm sure i'll have more yeah i think that's very important and what i've uh, enjoyed seeing your journey cuz i mean it's been has it been 4 years that you and I have known each other almost. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that about four years and seeing you from that starting your investment journey to kind of discovering some of these uh, next levels of uh, understanding and seeing it to, Hey, I'm leaving my W2, which, you know, I, I was like, yeah, he's doing it. I think you brought up some things in there that I'd like to kind of highlight, or at least, you know, maybe dive a little bit deeper you found things that you liked and you didn't like, and then you were able to kind of through that process of let's call it having a side hustle. You, you know, you had the, you know, I'm working my day job, I'm making my income, but you know, in the afternoons, the evenings, the uh, nights, you know, your meetups, putting those things, it took you three years or so of doing that until you were got to a place to where you could leave your W2. So I think that's a, a big misconception that people think like, great, I've decided and now instantaneously, and then there's a process. So how did you discover what you liked and you didn't like? Was that just through the side hustle elements of starting to invest or like, how did you come to that uh, mindset or those realizations of discovering the things that you liked and you didn't like? Coaching helps. I had a coach at the time that coach would point out, you know, how I was reacting to certain things in my life. And it helps to kind of have somebody from the outside looking and say, I can feel this energy versus that energy. Right. So that helps. But honestly, it's just a gut check thing. You know, uh, procrastination is an indicator. So the things that I didn't want to do, like, oh, crap. I gotta, I gotta go, you know, deal with this pain in the ass tenant today or, or whatever, like that stuff. Like I could feel myself finding reasons not to, or to put it off to the very last minute. But if you were to say, Hey, I'd love to get on a podcast, get you on a podcast and let's talk oh, absolutely all day. Let's go right now. Like, can we do it now? <laughs> you know? So I would just kind of feel what was, what felt light and what felt heavy for me and what felt light tended to skew toward leveraging communication, leveraging my, 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 uh, a gift of mine in communication to help hopefully influence other folks toward being whatever you know version of themselves they want to be toward living their best life. So I started to find energy toward that. And then honestly, there were indicators on the other side of it. Like I was not asked often to get on and, and even this, like I'm not asked to get on and talk about like, Jamie, you own X number of units. You have 40 units. Actually, we sold a couple, whatever, but you know, uh, you have this, you know, you're with quantum capital. I'm never asked to come on and talk about Hey, let me get a sense of like how you operate your real estate, what systems you've built and all. Nobody asked me that, nor should they, right? They ask me questions and bring me on because they're interested in hearing the story around, you know, about the changes I've made in my life, how I've leveraged whatever gifts I had to quit my job and all of that stuff. 
So I think there's external indications, indicators, even at meetup groups. Like I would go up with a topic, like ask me anything related to real estate or anything, anything for that matter. And I was relieved in some ways that 90% of the questions would be non-real estate related, non-nitty gritty related. They would be all about yeah, how did you how did you come up with this group? How did you develop the mindset? How do you balance a side hustle? How do you do this without your boss finding out? Right. Like those are the questions that I was getting versus can you tell me, you know, your average cost per unit when you do a unit turn or what's your carpet cost? Or how do you find a painter and all that stuff? You know, so so for me, I think there was one internal validation from a light versus heavy feeling. And then externally, I was getting all the clues being asked to speak at conferences about brand building. No one was putting me on a panel about CapEx. They were putting me on brand building panels, right? So that was sort of the, the two external and internal indicators of, to me that this is the path I'm on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that analogy. What light, what is light, what versus heavy. Um, I've heard that described a couple of different ways, but I really, really think that is... Um, very telling. So your your partnership with Quantum Capital, you know, as far as doing those things that you love, the the marketing, the capital raising, you know, kind of driving that vision. How did that come about? Yeah, thanks to the power of community. The smartest thing I did before leaving my job was get myself around entrepreneurs. And I didn't do that like, okay, let me get it wasn't that logical. Like I'm going to get around entrepreneurs because they can teach me how to quit my job. That's not what it was. It was just I'm getting into this real estate thing. I've got this side hustle thing. I, I like this idea of entrepreneurship. I should probably just get around some of these folks. So I joined GoBundance. You know, that's where I met you. And through the course of that, for the first two years of being in it, I built, uh, I don't know, recognition within that group. People know who I am so, and they know what my skills are and what they're not for that matter. So when I, when I announced to your point that I was going to quit my job, it was actually at the Tahoe event in, in March of 2021, I think it was. I was like, hey, I'm going back and I'm quitting. You know, not that I made the decision just then, but I'm going back and I'm quitting. And that's when stuff started to come at me like, hey, you're quitting. Well, I, I know you. I know what you're great at. I might have an opportunity. I might have an opportunity, so on and so forth. One of those guys was Mark Hentman, who you know. Uh, Mark is a, um, an investor, large portfolio with Quantum Capital, 150 plus million. Also really cool that he's a writer for Family Guy. That's a, that's a neat, neat side story. But he was like, look, man, it's me and it's Nick. And, you know, we are really good at what we're really good at, which is analysis and operations. That's their thing. But we don't have a marketing presence. And I haven't met a guy that connects people like you do and that gets in touch with people like you do. Like, you've got that about you. I would love for you to be a general partner. So I think the investment in me and investing in getting around the kinds of people that I wanted to become, entrepreneurs specifically, made sense. And, and now today, it's just like, well, duh, if I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, Right. I would go get around Navy SEALs to learn, like, what do these guys and gals think like? How do they, you know, what kind of physical grit do they have in determination? Like, I'd want to be around that to say yes or no, I belong or don't belong, or I can become that. It's the same thing. I got around you and other entrepreneurs like you, and it was intimidating as hell. First time I met you, you were way over my head. You still are, but back then you were way, way over my head with just the knowledge and, and your take on entrepreneurship and everything else. And, but, you know, I grew into it. I grew into the mindset and what it takes to be that. And so, yeah, that community was huge. And then meeting a guy in that community that saw enough value in me to say, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to take a chance on you, bring you in as a partner and, and make you part of my team. I, I was all about it. Because again, what he's asking me to be is nothing other than what I know I'm great at, not the stuff I'm not great at. He's never, ever asking me, hey, can you do a quick underwriting on this property? Like, I can, but that's not my thing. So. That's how. Well, I think to that point is, I think so many people uh, uh, think they have to go be the 
operator or be the investor, especially coming from, you know, the W2 mindset of doing everything, do, 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 to then be like, well, I just got to go do, 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 you know, buy the real estate. I need to buy that multifamily building that, you know, net lease building. I need to go buy it. You know, I need to go do those things. But the reality is, is that, you know, you had limited amount of time. You like the questions that people were asking, how can you do this without your boss finding out? How could you do these things? Well, I think those are a lot of fears that people uh, have is how do I do this thing that I don't know how to do? And, and really you're starting over to your point is like, you were able to uh, take advantage or not necessarily take advantage, but fit into the piece of someone that was already doing this. Like, you know, I have these skill sets. You're already doing that. Wow. Why don't I help you with that? And, and I think it becomes fortuitous for everyone involved. There's, I, I always say this to people who were thinking about, you know, leaving the job because even one small, one small aside, like having a virtual assistant manage my inbox like that's not possible in a W-2, right? Like a W-2 is like, no, 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 you do all these things. And I mean, I, I think back to my job and some people could probably relate to this. All I did was email. Yeah, shoot me an email on that. Yep, I replied to that email. Can you get me an email on that? Yeah, how about we just get on a group email? Everything was freaking email. So just having somebody go through my inbox and then WhatsApp me and say, hey, these three, these are the three you got to reply on. Oh, cool. All the other hundred I don't have to deal with. Awesome. I'll reply to those three. No problem, right? But that aside, I always say to people uh, that are that are uh, you know employed, or even if you're not, and you're sort of navigating this world, this is my learning at this point of my journey. I think there are three superpowers in real estate and any business, but let's stick with real estate because that's what that's what your your audience is mostly. I would assume there are three superpowers in real estate. I believe that you have one of the three, whether you have any real estate experience or not, that add value to a visionary, add value to an operator. There's three. So the first one is you're an analyzer. Now, look, if you're in the disc profile world, I love disc. This is like a C. You know, somebody who's, or a blue, somebody who really like digs in, like all day you can be in the data, not only uh, doing underwriting, but even like optimizing the spreadsheet within which you do that underwriting with formulas and, and autofills, like you just geek out on that stuff. And then when you get home, you spend four hours on Edmunds.com researching the next car you're going to buy, like, like stem to stern. That's what you love. Never lose energy doing it. You do it all the time. That's an analyzer. And that person has, to me, enormous skill and enormous value to an operator in, in the real estate world. So analyzer is one. If you're not an analyzer, perhaps you're an integrator. An integrator is somebody who, uh, let's on the, on the disc profile, like a red or a D typically, right? Somebody who's really driven. I look at this person as like that general on the field that can see all the next six or seven moves that his soldiers need to make. Like the visionary says, man, I would love to have X, right? And then this person goes, well, okay, in order to have X, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do that. That integrator is that field general that can bring the vision to light, that can line up the, the dice on the board, if you will, or the the, uh, the chess on the board, chess pieces on the board. So that integrator, man, I mean, you tell me, man, and, and Gobun, you, you talk to... You talk to 10 GoBundance guys, eight of them are looking for an integrator, right? Integrators are a highly, highly valuable skill. And whether you have experience integrating in a corporate environment, uh, in real estate or whatever, it doesn't matter uh, to me. It doesn't matter as much as do you have that superpower? If you do, tremendously value. You can stay in that lane and make a lot of money and add a lot of value to somebody in the marketplace. And the third, and this is me, is a connector. So the connector, again, disc would be like a yellow or a green, an I or an S, probably very people-centric. But this is somebody like me, like, look, I, I, I could be on podcasts all day, create content, 
get off of this, jump on phone calls till nine o'clock tonight and be completely energized. No problem. Like I could be talking to people all damn day, right? Again, now, can I analyze a deal? Yes, but here's the indication for me. Like some people are like, well, I'm an analyzer, I'm an integrator. It's like, yeah, okay. One of these gives you energy and others you can do, but it might take energy. So for the analyzer, they can be a connector. They can work a room and, and hang out with people in glad hand and laugh and shake hands and they can look really great uh, as a connector outwardly, but they got to go back to their hotel room alone in the dark, take a break because their energy is sapped, right? Whereas me, I'm going back to my hotel room and calling all my friends about how cool that connection event was, right? Like, so those three superpowers, connector, analyzer, and integrator, to me, if you have any of those and you're sitting in a job and wondering what else could I do, what value do I really bring? You have one of those three, one of those three superpowers, and either you can you can supplement uh, or, you know, like if somebody that you're going to go work with an operator, like you say, you, Jake, is an analyzer and you're a connector. Great. You offset Jake's skill set or Jake is elevated to an uh, from an, the analyzer in his business to the visionary of his business. And he needs a new analyzer to replace him either or either or works. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Look. Two of the most common questions I get asked are, where can I find good deals to invest into? And is it possible to invest alongside of our deals as a passive investor? So my team and I wanted to put together an insider list where you can get first access to investment opportunities, due diligence resources, and best practices for those interested in investing passively into deals like the ones we talk about on the show. Those deals are mostly in the commercial real estate space, but I oftentimes get exclusive access to deals of people like the guests on my show. If those deals pass our criteria, we pass them on to those on the list. To gain access to this insider list, all you have to do is go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. We also host events, dinners, and give away VIP access to events that I'm speaking at or attending. Once again, it's www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. For those that are serious about passive wealth building, we'll see you on the inside. Now, back to the show. So the analyzer, integrator, connector, three superpowers in, in, and, and, and to be honest, I don't think that's exclusive to uh, real estate. I think that is... Uh, all businesses need someone that can do analysis, you know, at, at a very high level, gives them energy integrator, strategic kind of uh, facilitating and, and then connector. And then obviously, you know, you, you mentioned it, having a visionary or someone kind of leading um, that tribe. Uh, I think those are the four kind of major roles in any business that, you know, uh, lead to its success, uh, getting those all done. So my question is, how did you discover that about yourself? Being a connector? Yeah. Again, I think it goes back to the external clues. Like I said, when Mark came to me with, with uh, Quantum, it wasn't a question of like, oh, you're in real estate. Come join my real estate team. It was like, come be my face. Come be my outward facing guy. Come be the guy that interacts with other people, right? So, well, let me take that a step back. That was probably the validation of it. But for me to understand that, I think I think uh, uh, things like disc profiles or or um, uh, these color what are they called enneagrams and all those I think those are great. Some people really poo poo them like, well, you know, you get, you know, you're 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 saying this is all you can be, and I don't agree with that. I think if you look at a disc profile as I described it, like 
I am a, a high, what's it called? An I, so an influence guy, right? Doesn't mean I can't do analysis. Some people look at it that way, like, oh, I'm a high I, I can't be a C. It's like, no, no, no. You can do C work. You can do analysis work. It just saps your energy, right? It's just where does your energy go up versus go down? So that's where I think personality tests are very valuable. But for me, that was that was step one. Two was I understood that I was good at connecting people, but I never understood that it was unique, right? So that was never something I knew that was unique. Like some people that that dive in and they look at numbers and they're analyzing a deal or analyzing uh, uh, anything for that matter. If I look at that, like how the hell did you come up with that? They're like, what do you mean? This is so simple. Like how special? It's not that special. I just did it because we don't feel special about my own, our own gifts. I think, honestly, I go back to getting around entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurs just understand this stuff inherently. And this is something, believe it or not, these three things started in some way with you talking to me in Aspen, Colorado, uh, two years ago about similar concepts and principles about the strengths that we have versus the strengths we don't have. And I think you were saying at that point, something about a connector or whatever the words you used. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a thing. Like that's a skill. That's a so again, being around the right people, the people people that are like-minded, and in my particular case, I want to be around entrepreneurs, real estate or otherwise, made me understand like, oh, wait, this might be this might be a unique gift versus just being, well, everybody can do this. So I, you need something, Jake. I know this guy. How hard is it for me to put you two together on a text connection, right? Like whoop-de-doo. But I didn't realize behind that, that, yeah, and you, again, you were one of the ones that explained this to me, like, yeah, but you have to remember the stories and then you have to hear this story and you have to instantly recall this list of people whose story might integrate with your story and then say, hey, I want to connect you. I want to bring you together. Like there's all of these things that make it very special to be a connector, just like an analyzer, just like an integrator. And actually one more step with that, when I worked for my company and I took over this organization and I hated doing it in Michigan. One thing I did was remove a manager that reported to me and brought in a guy from New Jersey who I understood at that point, the value of like getting out of a great operator's way. Like this dude just took it and blew it up. Like I did nothing. He did everything, not only for his organization, but all of his peers all got lifted by this amazing operator, which for me at that moment, made me realize I'm not that guy. I'm not an integrator. That's a freaking integrator. So you start to see in others what their skill is and then acknowledging yourself like, well, if that's what he is, then the value I bring is the ability to put people together, put teams together, connect people, understand the dynamics of, of relationships. That's my special gift. And it, it took me getting around the right people to realize that. Yeah, it uh, reminds me, and, and I don't know if I, I referenced this before, but Keith Ferrazzi's book called Never Eat Alone. You have talked about that. I didn't know the name of the author, but you've talked about the book before. Yeah. As far as like, and you're that to me, like I, I see it, I see, you know, and obviously it, it, to me, it seems very obvious and maybe you didn't see that it was unique, but you know, you have a superpower and I believe everyone has their own unique superpower. Everyone is better at something. And, and especially around the, what you, you just said, something that gives you energy thing, things that you would go do for free. Like on the nights and weekends, you're like, man, this fires me up. Like I'm excited about that. Like, let's go do that. Obviously that needs to fit within side of a, a larger context of, you know, the other skill sets and, and assembling a team and doing these things uh, as a tribe or a journey together. So I wanted to dive in and, and specifically around how you've taken that, taken this, uh, you know, being around entrepreneurs and then 
Talk to me about Emerge and Ascend. You're the creator of Emerge and Ascend. Maybe first give us high levels of them and then what the differences are and, and explain it because I think it is an unbelievable program that you've created. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what I learned uh, about being around entrepreneurs in particular was the true value of being a giver. When I joined GoBundance, it was intimidating, right? People are making a lot more money than me. Their net worths are multiples more than me, hundreds of millions more than me in some cases, right? Like, or whatever, hundred plus million more than me. So being around folks like that initially was like, what, what am I doing here? Like, I, what am I possibly going to get out of this experience? I can't, I can't relate. I have a job. I'm not a hundred million dollar guy or whatever. You always see the biggest one, right? You see the biggest guy in the room. You're like, oh, there's no way I can, I should even be here. But I learned later uh, through being around some of the guys that I spend a lot of time with, like my accountability group in particular, the value of just listening and then adding value to them. So if you add value in life in general, I believe it comes back in some way, shape or form. Not that you're doing it with the intent of I give Jake a connection and then Jake's going to do something for me. Where is it, Jake? Not like that. But over time, the, the universe, whatever, returns value to you. When you're around entrepreneurs who are committed to being uh, well, and I think entrepreneurship at its core is that it's how do I solve problems for people? That's what entrepreneurship is, right? Then you learn the value of being a giver. Like, wow, there's, let me just, let me just add whatever I can to everybody's life here. And then it'll come back. So at one point, uh, getting into this new mindset, six, eight, nine months into my time in GoBundance, I had this epiphany of, let me just, let me stop worrying about what I'm going to get or whether or not I fit. And let me just add whatever I can listen to somebody. If they have a problem offer a connection. Here's an article I read, whatever. And one of the things I did was I went to GoBundance and I said, Hey guys, what do you need? Like I, I've been getting so much out of this organization. I've been getting so much out of the connections here. What can I do to help? And they said, well, you know what? We've been trying to do something for future millionaires. GoBundance requires a million plus net worth, but we want to, we, a lot of people are interested in what we do and we want to help them. We want to build something to help them get to this place where they can join GoBundance, be millionaires. They, you know, they are either entrepreneurs or side hustle entrepreneurs that just haven't hit the number on the balance sheet yet and are looking to be part of this whole thing. So I said, yeah, I, I, again, no, no knowledge ever of building an online course or, or being a mastermind leader. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, that sounds fun because again, it, it brings in my skills, connection and interpersonal relationships and everything. So Emerge was built as a 12-week online course. And actually, interestingly, and I look back like, ah, this is actually pretty badass. You know, without having to, without having to figure out exactly what it was going to be, I went out and I sold 30 courses without having a course for like $497, something like that, right? It was like 500 bucks. Hey, everybody, we're going to do something cool. It's going to be great. I'm taking 30 of you in a beta test. You're going to help me develop this thing. And we we essentially funded the operation by pre-selling this course before it was made. I didn't record a video. I had no layout for it. I had nothing. So we, we, we sell this thing or I sell this thing to 30 people. And then I go, okay, well, what would be valuable here? And I started to go back through and figure out all the steps that I see from guys like David Osborne, yourself, others. And it's like, man, you know what? We can we can build, I could build 12 weeks of content here that's really valuable. And I want to do a few things with it. First, with Emerge is we create transformation. So at its core, it's a goal-setting course and mastermind. So at the beginning of, of, of it, you're going to establish a goal that you want to achieve by the end, by the end of the 12 weeks. And we give you the tools, the curriculum, the know-how, and the community in order to do that. So we want to create that transformation. Like, I've been stuck on this. Set that goal. We're going to get you there by 12 weeks. You'll get you damn close. The second thing was I see the value in proximity, totally. 
So I wanted to not only provide them proximity to one another as future millionaires, you know, current side hustle or full-time entrepreneurs or whatever, but also proximity to GoBundance, to members of GoBundance. So we bring in every Tuesday a GoBundance member. We do a Q&A, go through their one sheet, all of that good stuff. But then thirdly, it was like, well, all right, but I also want to have a place where we can work even more with people beyond 12 weeks. Like 12 weeks is great, but then what, right? If you're not at millionaire status and join GoBundance, that's where we created Ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance mastermind without the million dollar requirement. And in order to join Ascend, you have to go through the 12 modules of Emerge. You don't complete them, you don't get the invite. So that's the barrier to entry. So we used Emerge for those three things, transformation, proximity, and a barrier to entry. And Ascend is group coaching, you know, even deeper proximity. We do trainings around business acquisition, short-term rental. We have mindset coaches that come in. It's, a, it's an intensive, full-on community mastermind, just like GoBundance, where you get access to others, accountability pods. Um, we have micro-tribes around different topics like lifestyle design and gig economy and all this stuff. So yeah, that's kind of what Emerge and Ascend is, is built to do. And we've been fortunate in the last year and two or three months to graduate 30 people from that program into GoBundance, whether the women's or the men's side. So it's been, it's been a very fulfilling venture. And honestly, the thing that prompted me to say, I need to do this full time, that emptiness, it's filled up when I see the results people are getting in this thing. This is where I need to be spending my time, my daytime, my, my work time, if you will. So is that what has replaced your W-2 timeline as far as the Emerge and Ascend? Or is it the marketing, you know, the things with quantum capital? Both and then some. So, you know, really both, you know, like the with quantum, I get the benefit of, you know, acquisition fees and those sorts of things as we acquire property. And then, of course, I'm investing as a limited partner and I have a general partnership share. Once we once we turn these, I get my my uh, my split of the 30 percent and so on. So that's been good. I've gotten I've gotten significant income from uh, uh, acquisition fees that I have with Quantum, and then yeah, uh, Emerge and Ascend has provided me an income stream um, from just you know bringing people in and helping them change their lives, which has been it was just crazy. It's like it's too easy in that regard. Like, how do I make money doing something that's just so much freaking fun, right? Like that's the the crazy part about it. Like I said. I still look, I have passive income. Do I have the kind of passive income that lets me say, I don't want to work another day. I don't have to, not yet, but I'm doing something actively. And I, I'm sure I always will. I just don't see me as that guy that sits on a beach. I don't think any high achiever is for a long time. Um, I do something actively that doesn't feel like work. That's pure passion. And I'm able to build a team and systems in the way that I want to. In fact, my team builds the systems because I'm not good at that. So yeah, Emerge and Ascend was, was easily the, well, Quantum became uh, sort of the the wealth builder for me because I stopped buying my own stuff and I'm doing everything with Quantum, uh, and I have some income from it. And Emerge and Ascend are my are my my purpose driven reason to leave my W two. I love that because there's something that I've you know I'm on you know same journey as well as far as learning and leaning more into my purpose. More of the things that I've discovered is and you hit it exactly nail on the head that it fills you up. And so oftentimes when you are climbing the corporate ladder, you're climbing the, your, your life's, you know, mission, uh, it, it is all the through line is wealth, oftentimes money. And then people think once you get to the certain level, you're going to be happy. And they associate that because it's oftentimes like, you know, what you need to eat, what you need to pay your bills, what you think is all the money is the, the vehicle, the fuel. But the reality is it's not money that makes you happy. It is discovering your purpose 
And then that purpose and service of others is what truly what makes you and fulfills you. And so what I heard from you was the emerge and ascend is your purpose and that you're doing that in service of others. And what happens is in time, it's not instantaneously, but it's it's not that they're going to pay you back. Like they're not in these people that you're helping to change their lives or the 30 people that are graduating to go abundance, but you have now created a ripple effect that is magnitudes greater than what you could do or earn in income. Because now look at this, you've created $30 million worth of net worth for those people that have graduated. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't created $30 million, you know, yourself, or maybe you have in that same time period, but I go, which one's more fulfilling? If you had a $30 million net worth, or you just created 30 million millionaires that changed their life, their families, their wherewithal. I mean, and being around you, I've seen it. I've seen the way that it fires you up. So obviously I would say, do more of what is your purpose in the service of others. Yeah, I've, I've had to uh, come to grips with my purpose. And I mean that because it's, it's, it's uh, you're conditioned not to, not to you know, speak that highly of yourself or whatever. But I say my purpose is that to inspire and motivate others to live their best life. To your point, I do that through the medium of, I think, communication. I have, that, I have a mix of energy and, com- and communication skill and some, some level of desire and passion around these topics enough where it, it resonates enough where people take me on and say, Hey, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to be in your world and, and be in a space where you can help me achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So with that, giving it to others, giving that gift to others for me is inspiring and motivating them to live their best life. So if you go follow me or whatever, you're going to see a lot of stuff about quitting your job and overcoming limitations and all of that stuff, because I hear that from a lot of people. That's what their desire is. Like, how did you do that? How do you get there? And I love what you said though. It is in service of others. And that's what made it be. I didn't have that at my job. I didn't feel like I was in service. Maybe I was, but I just didn't feel connected to the mission or whatever service I was providing. Whereas here I do for sure. So um, obviously people should check out Emerge and Ascend if they're they're not um, of the uh, capability to join Go Abundance. I think it is an amazing uh, program that'll be in the show notes. I'd like to dive in a little bit into, you know, advice that you would give to someone that's, you know, in, in a high income, you know, kind of W2 uh, uh, position that is looking to lean more into their purpose? What is that advice that you give to them, obviously, from your experiences? I think you have to take one step toward whatever you think is interesting to you and build community around it. It's so hard. It's such a big question. If I'm a 42-year-old dude sitting out there or 41-year-old woman sitting out there and it's like, or whatever, 35. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, I, I, this is what they all said when I left to me. I don't know what I would do if I'm not doing this, right? My, my challenge back to them is one, there's something you love, whatever it is, botany, you know, the, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, hair, whatever it is, right? There's a topic that you love talking about. But the question they ask them, if I ask somebody, well, what's something you love? They don't ask themselves, what do I love? They ask themselves, how do I make money with that? And I would say, stop asking that question. And really, what do you love, right? So if I love hairstyling, right? I just, yeah, I, I really get, get geeked out on hairstyling. Right? I love, you know, beards. Beards are my thing, you know, whatever it might be. It sounds silly, but 
but now create a community around that. I think community is the currency of the future. I think we're only at the beginning of the things like GoFundance, Emerge, Ascent. We're in such a connected world. We can You can be anywhere at any time. We have people in Emerge that are in Dubai and France and you know all over the world. So community around the topic that you're most passionate about without the worry of monetization, because it takes time. You said it three years before I left my job. I mean, that's not a long time, but it feels like a long time when you hate what you do, right? But if you were to say, okay, I love doing this, this topic, and I go out there and I go to meetup.com and I create a community that's going to meet up on Zoom or whatever and talk about this specific topic, bring in guest speakers, whatever it might be, just geek out about it. Then you form a Facebook group and you're interacting with people in that Facebook group. At a certain point, it, 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 you develop this sort of jab, jab, hook mentality of a, like Gary Vee, right? Where you build up enough momentum and desire for people to want to be with you that Maybe it's a product that you put out. Maybe it's a training course of knowledge that you have that's valuable to them that you can put out there. Maybe it's individual coaching, whatever. Maybe it's a business you build around this. Maybe you start a barbershop. I don't know. But the point is, uh, in this beer trimming thing, the point is, I think the advice I would give is first, what do you love? Not what do you love that'll make money? Just what do you love? Create community around it. And then the second piece of advice is understand and be okay with the pivot. Because while you think I've figured it out, oh my God, it checks everybody. I love beards. I, I love, you know, Salvatore Dali paintings, whatever it is. I love them so much. I could talk about them all day. Da, 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 da. Then you start to build something that creates a business out of it. And then you realize like, there's something about this I don't love as much as I thought I might, but I do like this part of it. And I want to do more of that. So, but it's kind of a pivot. I, it's going to be a little weird. People are going to think like, weren't you just doing this? Like, don't worry about that. Just move on to what feels naturally like the next best thing for you. Because that pivot is, the fear of the pivot is the fear of judgment from others. That's it. You're not afraid of failing. You're, you really aren't, unless somebody saw you fail. So I think the second thing is, after you've established that you're doing this thing on the side, now don't be afraid to pivot when that opportunity comes up to do so, if you need to. Maybe you don't. Maybe you figure it out in the first shot. But if you don't, it's okay. Don't be afraid of that. Those are the two pieces of advice I would give. Yeah, that sounds the the taking action and then part of it discovering uh, the permission that just because you took a step in that direction, it's okay to go the other way or lean into something else. So I think that's valuable insight. Um, I had a question about you know one of the things that you had done or purchased that had given you more time or free time or something around that. So that's the question I have to you is something that you've invested into that has given you more freedom. You know, obviously we're talking about passive wealth principles. So what is it something that you've invested into that has given you more freedom? Simplest version of this, and then you can expand. I'll even give you a few examples if you want, but is $40 a week, a lady comes in and folds and puts our laundry away. Like as dumb as that sounds, as simple as that sounds, it's the, the smallest investment of money for a task that is such a pain in the ass. And when you extrapolate that, when you look at, I spend $15 a week for a virtual assistant to manage my inbox. We spend 40 bucks a week for somebody to handle our lawn care, uh, 80 bucks a week for somebody to handle the pool. Like when you add up and it's really like a few hundred bucks a month to do nothing other than really what you should be doing, uh, dollar productive activities, when you can focus on dollar productive activities, Anything that you can hire out is amazing. So for me, my wife and I sit down every year and we plan our next year. We talk about uh, like we do like a do not do list. Like I don't want to do this shit anymore, this stuff anymore. Right. So 
one of the things one year was the laundry. Like, how do we not do the laundry anymore? We found a lady who was willing to do it for 40 bucks a week. And it was like, what else? What else can we take off our, ta- our, our plates now? So now we're trying to hire everything out. Everything that doesn't equal dollar productive or quality time with our family, like, you know, it's time with my boys or whatever. We try to hire that out. And in this world, man, virtual assistants are amazing and so inexpensive. Anyone can hire a team. You hear that team. It's such a big term, but you could have seven virtual assistants and be paying 600 bucks a month for all of them combined um, uh, to do, you know, certain types of tasks that can, that can absolutely open up your life to, to doing the things that are purposeful for you. I think that's uh, great insight. So let's give some tactics. Like what are some things that, how does, how did you find your first VA? How did you find that lady to fold your laundry? Because I think sometimes people will like having some of those action items. So uh, if you're looking at hiring a VA or hiring out something that you don't want to do, how do you go find those people? Virtual assistant for me, I went personally to a website called virtualstaff.ph, PH being Philippines. And here's what I did. I put up a job posting. They give you advice on how to do it on the, on the website. Like, hey, make it a compelling title, ask a question, whatever. So I put up a job posting and then I got freaking inundated. I had like 150 emails come in from, from people that are on that site. I think it costs like 120 bucks to register for the site. And then you, you can post whatever jobs you want after that. But I had like 150 emails come in and I, I, it was just like last three. So I looked at the last three, I interviewed them and I hired one of them, right? The next time in the middle of the job description, and it's only like two paragraphs, but in the middle, I put something like, uh, hey, reply with um, you know uh, inbox management in the title, in the subject, if you want to apply for this job. So I got 150 emails again, but like seven of them had the proper, what I asked for in the, in the actual subject, which means seven people actually read what the job is and didn't just like auto reply to it. So now I had a, a limited candidate pool and I hired a person from that. Uh, and they both worked out great for me. They're both still working with me right now. So virtualstaff.ph was great. And then that pro tip is bury it a little bit. Don't be a jerk. Don't put like 20 paragraphs and make them, you know, like, oh, you missed the one thing. But you can you can limit the amount of, uh, of uh, noise by just simply in the middle of it, giving them some instruction. Like could be the subject, could be I need you to answer these three questions in the in the reply. Um, and, you know, most won't because they're just reply, you know, replying to the to the thing. As far as finding like the laundry lady, I'd have to ask my wife. I don't know where she exactly found her, but we we had a cleaning lady. I think we talked to her and she knew this lady. Um, and it started with like, you know, what can you do? And she mentioned the laundry, like, oh, perfect. So I don't exactly know how we got her, to be honest with you. But I know uh, we have looked at like Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace is great. Sites like that to find, uh, to try to find people to come in and do, you know, pool work or lawn work or whatever the case may be. Oh, and neighbor, neighbor referrals are great too. Yeah. I I like that criteria. Things that we don't, or we hate, we don't want to do. So I hired, uh, uh, it's called doo-doo squad. They come and pick up poop in the yard for the dogs and they do it the the morning of before the, the lawn guy comes in. So he's not mowing over crap. Uh, but I was like, to me, it was like, it was like probably one of the biggest things that between my wife and I is because she's not really a dog person. I have a dog and I've had a dog for a long time. And so she's like, wow, it's like, ah, the backyard's got poop and you know, what's the thing. So I was just like, exactly that. And I don't know, maybe I saw it, maybe I, I actually Googled it, but it was just like, I don't actually know how much it is. Maybe it's a hundred bucks a month, 
25 bucks a week or something like that. But I was like, it is immensely valuable because I don't have to pick up dog crap. I don't have to do it on the weekend. You know, is it raining that day? Do I, I get to go spend time with my kids. We go out to Ninja. We do other things. So I was like, I, I love that adv- advice of the thing that I hate doing. Especially when you have a job and you're trying to build a side hustle or whatever, like that's when you do it. Cause it's so, I had my job, my family, my kids, the weekends, side hustle, all these things I'm doing. Like I, I don't have time to fold the laundry. And I, th- I mean, my wife did a lot of it, but uh, a quick example, like we have a, a, a well, so we've got a water softener system, you know, the filters and the salt need to be up, like replaced every eight to 10 weeks. Right. So it was like five times a year. Right. So they can bring it, they can deliver it and I can go put it in the basement and you know, rip off the filters and twist it and do all that crap. It's not hard. It doesn't take me a lot of time. It really doesn't. But for like 60 bucks, they'll do it. So it's like 60 bucks. But for 300 bucks a year, 300 bucks a year, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. Like we have clean water coming through our house, right? Like something as simple as that. You can hire handymen. We've done this to come through and just like check all your light bulbs, you know, go through and change your alarms, batteries. Like they, they just come through once a month and just do it for like, 50 bucks, you know, <laughs> like you can do so many, so many things to limit the little menial tasks that you have and other people are willing to do it for pay. So I love the doo-doo squad. I have to look into that. We haven't done that one yet. Well, that's, I mean, obviously things that you can do to free up your time, to lean into more of the the purpose and, or, you know, create a life of, of leaving your W2. A couple things as we're, we're wrapping up, I ask this of a lot of people because I believe that books, sometimes it's YouTube or, or content or something like that, a podcast, are some of the biggest ways in which you can leverage other people's knowledge. So my, my question to you is, has there been any books that have either made a super big impact on your life, or maybe it's a book that you've gifted to other people because you're just like, hey, you, you need to read this book, or maybe it's like a podcast that you've referred to several people and you can answer all of those or just one individually because how, again, creating action items that I think people can maybe take that has been beneficial to you. All-time greatest book that I've gifted. It's my, my all-time go-to is called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Fantastic book. Goes into the devil's true the devil's true evils, right? It's not, uh, it's not, you know, hellfire and brimstone. It's literally, you know, making people not live into their purpose, right? That's the devil's like drifting through life. So amazing book, better than Think and Grow Rich. I'd recommend it to everybody that's watching this. Um, a recent book that I've read that blew my mind and it was long as hell. It was one of these like 18 hour audible books that I thought I- I'll start, but I'll never finish this thing. But I did. And I want to hear it again is Will, Will Smith's autobiography unbelievable book. It was written before the slap, but you'll understand the slap after the first two or three chapters, but he has so much knowledge and wisdom and there's so many nuggets in there and just some concepts that I'm big on, like quieting your brain and unbelievable book. Podcast, I don't have like a a one that I go to anymore right now. I'm so focused on my own um, that I feel like I'm I'm all into that. If I listen to any right now, I go, a go-to for me is still like Tim Ferriss, I like Rogan in spurts only because his podcast is like nine hours long, but Ferris, I like, I just like the flow of his podcast. I try to duplicate that with mine. I really appreciate that. I have not uh, heard of Will. I've seen the cover a few times um, and I, I do love outwitting the devil. I do think it is better than thinking girl rich. 
So Will, real quick, there's a guy, Alvin, down in LA. He's a Bill Bundance guy that I was I was texting with, happened to be while I was reading. He's like, what do you I'm like, man, I'm reading this book, Will. It's unbelievable. He's like, oh, it's in my Audible. Yeah, I'll have to try it tomorrow. He got through like the first, he texted me like the next day, 24 hours later, he was through like 10 chapters, which if you read the book, that's like hours he spent. He's like, I can't stop. It's that damn good. So highly recommend. You should read it. Well, I'll actually have to add that to my list. Uh, you know, I was like, not that I don't have enough books, um, but I was like, it is is awesome, especially when it comes from someone like you that has been so in, insightful. So uh, truly appreciate that. Guys, where can they find you, Jamie? And what what can they do? What is there anything that they can, as far as the, the listeners do for you? And uh, this is the time where you can ask or where they can potentially uh, go to find you. Yeah, look, you can go to my website, jamiegruber.com, and everything's there. But if you wanted to follow me on Instagram, I think that's the best route right now. I do a lot of content there. I'm active in the DMs there, so feel free to DM me. Uh, it's at the Jamie Gruber. It's everywhere at the Jamie Gruber, but Instagram in particular is sort of the hub uh, where I spend a lot of time. I just think it's a great interactive platform. So find me there. Awesome. Guys, again, this is another amazing episode. I've been excited for this, for connecting with Jamie for, for a long time. And obviously, you heard it. You heard some of the knowledge that he's been able to drop, uh, especially for those of you that are looking to get out of the uh, W-2, the high income earning, and, and create a life of, uh, of design. And so, again, really, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, check out Jamie, check out the Emerge and Ascend program if that is something that is of uh, interest to you. And then we're going to check out, or at least I'm going to check out the book, Will, uh, from his recommendation. Amazing. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.realestate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.